Day, night, rain, snow, or shine, RV issues can hit you anytime. Yikes, that was bad. Well, the RV professor and the National RV Training Academy are here for you. They have a comprehensive guide that's perfect for any on-the-go RVer that covers every component and system on your RV. They make it plain and easy to understand, and it's always on hand. Stop it. Just stop. Really, it's a downloadable course, or you can have it on a USB thumb drive. It can always be with you. Okay, let me take it from here. Just go to nrvta.com, choose the RV Basic Home Study Course for only $3.97, and you receive a thumb drive full of great information about how to fix, maintain your RV, and just how it works. For 10% off, put on RV Small Talk in the promo code. That's nrvta.com. Order your RV Basics course today and enjoy more worry-free camping this summer. So many people have the experience of loving the outdoors as a kid and then kind of losing that passion when their young adult years start. So Matt Hughes from the Texas Park and Wildlife Foundation is piloting a way for people to reconnect or to be introduced to the outdoors for the first time. Stick with us as we learn about the stewards of the wild with Matt Hughes. We're your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint. I'm PJ. And I'm Lindsay. And thank you guys for listening today. Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? We're awesome. How are you, Clint? Doing okay. Today, we have a special guest with us. This is Doctor. He's not going to let me do that more than once. <laughs> Matt okay. Hughes. Is it Matt or Matthew? How Matt. Do you know? Matt. Yeah, Matt. Only when I'm in trouble is it Matthew. Matthew. Uh, yeah. Well, Matthew, <laughs> Matthew David Hughes is you're in trouble. So I just prefer to go by Matt. All right. Well, yeah. let's see if if see how how much in trouble you get throughout <laughs> this recording. And we have Matt Hughes here. He is from the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Yep. And specifically the Stewards of the Wild program. Yep. And we'll get into what that program is. But first off, welcome. Thank you for coming in today and talking to the RV Small Talk podcast. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it was a nice drive up 35. I mean, one of the beautiful side effects of <laughs> the current situation <laughs> is I can make it up straight up 35 without no uh, much That's of an issue. weird. So, yeah. No one has a good time on I-35 I- <laughs> unless we're in COVID season. Yeah. I looked at my map. I was like, what is this? Like, 30 minutes? <laughs> Shoot. Your no problem. Yeah. you. <laughs> I have my second bowl of cereal then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Record time. All right. Well, um, I guess starting off the the foundation, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation is not the Texas Parks and Wildlife. That is correct. Yeah. So the foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit. We are the official partners of the the official fundraiser partners of the department. So we, you know, we raise funds um, for pretty much anything the department sees as a priority. Uh, so they may say we want to expand this park or we may have like uh, after Hurricane Harvey happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, there was a lot of damage to park properties. Um, so we raise funds for those. We raise emergency funds for park employees who are misplaced. I mean, uh, displaced during that time. Okay. We raise money to help the game wardens. I mean, one of our programs right now, if you go to our website, is geared for game warden, which is a direct fundraiser for game wardens, which I think is really cool. It's a, a very tangible thing. So you can sure. go on there and say, oh, I want to help support. Uh, buying snake boots 
Uh-huh. So I don't mind giving 50 bucks yeah. to buy snake boots because I know exactly where that money is going to go. But right. um, huh. so we see a lot of that. I and, didn't even know snake boots existed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. yeah I didn't you've know You've only been in boots? Texas since you were three. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I have never owned a pair of snake boots. Well, you've lived in urban areas. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, I, I divert. You, I know so, where you go can ahead. get some. I bet. <laughs> Anybody want to donate for my first pair of snake boots? We'll get you some snake gators or something. <laughs> okay. Y'all go on. Sorry. I was- yeah. I mean, basically anything the department deems is a priority. Uh, we help raise funds for it. And then we also have on the, on the other side, we also have people who want to donate for mm-hmm. specific things. And we're happy to help facilitate some of that narrative if that's the case. I mean, someone may come in and say, I want to give you know, a certain amount of money to go towards this park to do this particular thing. And if it's relevant and the park agrees to it or the department agrees to it, and we're happy to kind of facilitate that. Okay. Okay. Well, can I jump in with this first question? Yeah. I'm going to be the blonde one in the group, although (laughs) I am not anywhere close to blonde. Um, Texas Parks and Wildlife ought to be funded by the state, right? Mm -hmm. They ought to have money coming in so that they can do whatever it is they need to do it seems like so how did the foundation start and why is it necessary well i mean you know with any within the entity i mean there's there's budgetary issues there's budgetary constraints and the foundation exists because people love love texas you know people who people who want to explore it's the outdoors. understatement, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we get that part. I get that. You know, and the department, as far as state parks are concerned, I mean, I th- you know, I think there's only, we, we the number changes, but I think we're using, um, you know, 95% of Texas is privately owned. So we have right. a very small amount of, of Public publicly land. owned land. So right. we have these crown jewels across the state and we want to help protect them, right? And so, uh, again, as I mentioned, sometimes there's also issues that pop up that we that the department can't budget for. I mean, Hurricane Harvey, right? They, they, there is millions of dollars of damage done to, you know, coastal mm-hmm. um, coastal properties. So we had to come in and do emergency fundraising to help rebuild those. And then Balmeray State Park, right? That was a great example. Yes. I mean, Balmeray State Park closed right. down, and because they had a, you know, they, they noticed a crack in the in the pool. So we we jumped in and helped raise funds to help support that 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 state park. And so the department does a great job, and people love to support that with their taxes. I mean, we even saw that last year with the, I can't remember the past, uh, proposition five where the, the, right. the, the voters said, yes, let's, let's use all of our, um, get all this wrong, but basically let's, let's spend all of our hunting and fishing, um, license sales to help support the department. Right. So we, the, the, the state agrees that we should be supporting this, the, the, you know, everyone should be supporting the department, but the foundation exists to help just, you know, put the, you know, put a little bit more to it. And right. Then, you know, For, it, and it, maybe crisis management when things come up. Yeah, that's. One I mean, thing. you talk about Balmeray. That's it's a tiny little place in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. A crack in the pool. For those of you that don't know, that sounds like a well. Just put some plaster in it and patch it. No, people go scuba diving yeah. at Balmeray. I mean, this is a natural pool that is the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, and the state parks has kept it going all these years. Yeah, when it's hard to, you know, for a state, I used to work for a lot of government entities in, in Florida and South Carolina and stuff, and it's hard for you to budget, um, uh, you know, about certain certain management principles or properties like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, they do their, they do a great job of doing appropriate budgeting, mm-hmm. but then, you know, we kind of help step in and, and cover those additional right. costs that they may see. And again, it, it's nothing, I mean, we're not necessarily bankrolling 
you know, salaries or things like that for the department. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, you know, we're putting in, you know, bird watching towers and we're helping expand state park sizes. And we're, mm -hmm. you know, we, we are the ones that help the transition to buy um, Powderhorn Ranch State Park, or not, not State Park, Powderhorn Ranch, which will be a state park and is a wildlife management area. So that was, I think, in 2013, you know, we bought 17,000 acres yeah. of coastal prairie. We help facilitate the transactions with a lot, with a lot of other nonprofit partners um, because it's, I mean, how is the, how is the department going to go and say, right. we need $23 million this year because the property is for sale. Right. You know, yeah. so we so can you take all the money and like figure out where it goes and figure out how to raise it. So when did the foundation start? 91. Okay. Yeah. 1991. How did that happen? Did somebody say, hey, we, we ought to do money. this? <laughs> or yeah, I, mean, I want to help? How do I You know, we I have, help? I mean, we had, uh, we, we had an, uh, a group of basic, basically donors who wanted to support what the, what the department was doing mm -hmm. through private funds. Sure. And they just didn't, I mean, they wanted to support a, a long lasting foundation that would exist to, to help support the foundation long, I mean, to help support the department long term, not just a one time injection you know, mm -hmm. into the system. So, um, you know, it was, it was started, um, and you know, we've been, it's been, you know, going on all these years. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I like that because I know that the state does have a budget for this, but you can only put enough cushion in for so many incidentals and unforeseen things. Mm -hmm. And, and what the foundation seems to do is it's a stopgap when things come up and when opportunities arise that may have been unforeseen, again, you can facilitate mm -hmm. through your fundraising and all that. How does, how does your group go about fundraising? Is it like big galas and things like that or? Um, yeah. So we have one thing that we pride ourselves on the foundation prides itself on is um, having our Hall of Fame event, which is held in um, usually March or April. Mm -hmm. And that is a big donor table event, you know, fundraising where we give an award for a conservationist who, um, you know, who's had a legacy of conservation. And, you know, we sell tables at that, but that's the one time we do operational fundraising. Mm -hmm. So one time a year, we ask our donors to come in and help support, you know, our salaries, our staff, what we're trying to do. The rest of the year, we're raising funds for projects and for other priorities. So we, I mean, it's kind of cool that that's the case. We're not always asking for handouts. It's like, hey, we're gonna do this one thing, this one year, this one time this year, and the rest of the time we're working on projects. Like right now, a big project we're working on is Palo Pinto State Park. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about 45 minutes west of, of Fort Worth. And we're in the phase of raising funds to help build the infrastructure for that state park. And it's a $9 million project, essentially. And we've raised about $4 million at this point, four to $5 million. Wow. So how do you do that? Uh, shake a lot of hands, kiss a lot of babies. I did notice that you are, your official title on your card is engagement manager. Yeah. Um, He's a matchmaker. <laughs> I was like, ooh. Engagement mm -hmm. manager. I want that. Can I have that title? Can I be an engagement manager? We have to sing the matchmaker, <laughs> matchmaker, make me a song. <laughs> Maybe we need to find out what it means first. What does it mean? Um, well, whenever we're ready to step over to the stewards, that's all, that, I mean, that's kind of what that uh, entails is that my job is to oversee the stewards of the wild program. Um, I like to think of the stewards as a real boots on the ground part of our of our program. And we do a lot of fundraising, but the stewards was something that we we designed um, before I started with the foundation in, in 2013. A couple guys came to the, the foundation and said, look, we don't see anything in the world uh, in Texas right now that is focused on young professionals and conservation. There's conservation groups like Master Naturalists, and there's a lot of stuff for for young people in college and kids. Um, 
And there's a lot of young professionals groups that exist, right? Kind of in between the normal focuses, like young kids and all that. And the, you know, I've, I've had a career in a family kind of age bracket. You're trying to hit that. I've graduated. I'm living my middle years. Yeah. So we, I mean, they came and said, we want to, we want to start a program for essentially 21 to 45 year olds uh, that focuses on conservation and young professional networking. So it's bringing together people who care about the outdoors that are young professionals. And it started in Dallas in 2013 and we hit our all time high uh, last September with a thousand members across the state and 10 chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do everything from a simple happy hour where they might have a game warden or biologist come and talk um, during that happy hour to multi-day hiking trips, multi-day fishing trips, multi-day hunting trips. Mm-hmm. I'm all across the state. It really is about getting that demographic back involved in the outdoors. I mean, mm-hmm. we've we, it's kind of like hit the gas pedal. I mean, to have a thousand members come on board yeah. in just a few years. Does this group kind of work not just as networking, <laughs> but is it kind of an opportunity for people to maybe for the first time become engaged with these outdoor opportunities and education and you really like get a lot of newbies you're really baiting me here for some some good stuff yeah uh, so yes um it, it's a it's a mix uh, and every chapter is different right every uh-huh. chapter takes on a very unique persona to its city into who's making up the, the group well yeah if you look at the mm-hmm. dallas fort worth area versus the houston area they don't i mean they're different they, yeah they're yeah. texans true of course through and through but they don't necessarily diverse as our state. Oh, it's, I mean, it's as diverse as our state, right? I mean, and they all take different yeah. priorities. I mean, the Austin group spends a lot more time in the Hill Country. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Dallas group spends a lot more time, you know, in Albany and doing dove hunts and duck hunts mm-hmm. and fly fishing. Yeah, and, and mm-hmm. Houston does a lot of stuff with the coast. Absolutely, you know, it's just yeah. it's all kind of making up their own little things. But um, one of the big things that I'm proud of that we've done over the past two or three years is our mentored hunting program. Um, you know. That when we when we started the Stewards of the Wild program, we um, you know there was a real initiative to like not be a hunting club. We didn't want people to just sign up to be part of a hunting and fishing like you sure, know, sure. Know, group. So we kind of went down the path to like not make that a core principle. But over the past couple of years, I've done a lot of research and looked into what's going on and. Across the country and in Texas too, you know, we have an it's called the R three movement. It's um, recruit, retain, and re-engage, which basically to get people back involved in hunting and fishing um, because the majority of conservation dollars that that states and the federal government have to spend comes from license sales and permit sales. And especially right. with the new thing happening in Texas where exactly. all that hunting and fishing licenses go straight into yes. the park. So a lot, of that, a lot of the conservation... So if we have less people buying hunting and fishing licenses... There's less money That's going less to money. Yeah. And it's not just, I mean, it, it's conservation. I mean, it goes to biologists, it goes to their equipment, it goes to managing those properties and managing mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. It's not just about you making know, hunting. money. Yeah. It's, it's about, it's going into conservation principles. So, mm-hmm. you know, we saw there again, there's an R3 movement across the entire country about this. And so I saw an opportunity for the stewards of wild to participate in, in this R3. And so we started a mentor hunting program. And to your point, you asked, are there a lot of newbies? Mm-hmm. I mean, last year we ushered 30 people who have never hunted before through hunting for the first time, um, you know, in a very safe, very controlled, very educated manner. Uh, you know, we do a lot of, we do people who have never hiked or camped, I mean, and had those experiences before. I mean, myself, I'm, I'm learning to fly fish right now because mm-hmm. I was a conventional fisherman, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part. So, 
Yeah, I mean, we pride ourselves in having experienced people who are experienced hunters, experienced anglers, but then also recruiting new anglers, new hunters, new people to enjoy the outdoors. I mean, it's 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 such an important thing because we always we, everybody talks about this. How do you protect the things that we love? You you don't people don't protect things they don't know about. So we want to get them involved in the outdoors. We want to get them to have these experiences. So they're like, oh, I love the state parks. I want to protect the state parks. I love the coast. I want to protect the coast. I love mm-hmm. the streams. I want to protect the streams. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes perfect sense. And, you know, Texas, uh, we have such a great parks and wildlife system going here. But like you mentioned, we don't have BLM land. We don't have a lot of uh, federally protected lands that we can look to for camping. And so it creates a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You have to move to the state park arena mm-hmm. really to get to any open land here for the most part right unless you have family or friend access to something yeah i mean there right. are some open ranches we talk about it there are places you can go but for the most part uh the state of texas protects itself mm-hmm. how's that different from other places in the country um, do you have experience in other <clears throat> wildlife Programs? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, well, I, I worked up in the Midwest, uh, in, in the Northwest for a while, uh, up in mm-hmm. Cascades on a fire crew. I mean, you know, there's, when you have a state like Washington that is almost majority of it, or, uh, you know, in the, in the in the Northwest, it's majority of it is is public lands. There's lots of access, you know, and even we're talking about hunting and fishing. I mean, there's so much access up there. And when you come to Texas, people are like, well, where do we go hunting? Where do you go fishing? It's like, mm-hmm. well, you have to be in the draw and you have to, I mean, it, it, yeah. it's so much more restrictive um, but I mean, I think it also makes those things that much more important, you know, especially for Texans. And you look at what, um, you know, I, I really do think our state parks are crown jewels. And if you go to each one of those state parks, they have something so beautiful and so unique and, and something to experience across the state. And it really shows the diversity of our state. I mean, and that, that's the case everywhere, right? I mean, the national parks and the state parks, they're, they're iconic to those regions. I mean, they're, they're, you know, that's very rarely that you're going to get a state park. That's just a big old former agriculture field, right? I mean, these are things that are caves, they're landmarks, they're um, the beauty of those states in the country. Yeah. yeah, and Texas has a little of everything. So our parks are really varied. And mm-hmm. we talk about that a lot. Yeah. So what are you seeing right now? Let's say, take a slice of time. Mm-hmm. This spring, this early summer has been really strange. Yeah. What have, what have you seen from your perspective with the, the state parks, with the foundation and with the stewards in the, uh, of the wild? Is, is this changing up what you guys do, what you're able are, to do? Are you talking virus here? What? <laughs> are you talking <laughs> COVID-19? Just to be clear, I mean, we talk about our situation these days. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. On these uncertain I, times. I the, didn't yeah, want to we, touch we it. We make it sound so. Well, what is your new norm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is a new norm? Yeah, it, it's strange. How's that affected it? Uh, I'll speak for the stewards in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, been really tough. Um, I, I mean, the stewards. I, uh, since I've been with the foundation for three years and I've overseen the growth of the stewards program, um, you know, I, I, I pull my heart and soul into that program and I love it. And I love our message. I love what we're trying to do. I mean, cause it's, it's me, right. It's me trying to get back outside. So I, I have them surrounded by a thousand other people that want to do the same thing. So all of a sudden we have this stop gap, you know, where nothing can happen, where our chapters can't plan events because they're sometimes, some of them are held at bars some of them are held at parks. And it's like, well, you have to do you have to wear a mask and you have to be, you know, certain distance apart. And it's hard. And on top of that, 
we're all young professionals. Are they, you know, some of them are worried about losing their jobs. Some of them are worried about what they're going to do. You know what I mean? And not, not saying that anybody has or anything like that. It's just, you know, if that's not on your mind during right. this time period. It's certainly added stress. Yeah. And so when I'm dealing with a group of essentially volunteers, right? Like that's, you know, stewards doesn't become their top priority. I totally understand that, you know, and um, I think when this first, when, you know, uh, COVID first happened in March, you know, I was, I was encouraging them to just, Hey, like, let's hold on tight. June 1st, we'll get, we'll get everything. will be back to normal. Let's just roll. Let's just keep rolling through this. And then as it kept rolling, I kept seeing like, that's, that's probably not going to be the case, you know? So we need to start, we need to start looking at how to reinvent ourselves. Um, and one thing that we've done recently is, you know, we've done stewards, what we're calling stewards live now is right. a, is a Instagram live, um, to just kind of engage them on in, in social media and doing a little bit of social posts and trying to ramp that up. So that they see that there's some content out there, you know, and keep them encouraged in the outdoors. I mean, a lot of them are getting outside, you know, fortunately, I mean, a lot of our stewards have, um, private access and they're getting to their ranches and they're getting to their friends, prop their friends' properties, or they're getting to the state parks or mm -hmm. local parks. They're getting outdoors. But as far as an organization, we just we're in a position where we, you know, for for various reasons, we can't host events, you know. And, right. Um, you all have to organize <clears throat> individually. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean, so, you know, we're doing what we can on, on social media um, and, and to reach out to them. And I mean, I think it's all nonprofits and especially in the conservation world are doing the same kind of thing. I mean, you know, Texas Wildlife Association, they're a great partner of ours in San Antonio. They have a major convention, which same thing. They raise all their they raise all their operation costs. Um, that's happening next week. All of that convention is online. Oh wow! Know? So that's a huge. I mean, it's a it's just such a change, right? How do you how do you enjoy the outdoors as much as you know being in the <laughs> being in the outdoors? Yeah. So, so I think we try. I mean, even with our Instagram live, and we're doing it outside. You know, we're we're talking about conservation. We're talking about businesses that are involved in conservation. Um, you know, that's just one way that we're trying to reach out and, and, and stay outside as much as we can. Sure. Sure. Um, do you know of any other states that have programs similar to what you're up and running or other states maybe reaching out to you and going, Hey, we have your, our eyes on you. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, to my knowledge, there really isn't anybody that's in this, um, this, this market. Um, backcountry hunters and anglers exists. That's okay. a, that's a group. Um, they're more of an advocacy group as far as public land access is concerned. They're nationwide. They, they're growing very rapidly. Uh, we're apolitical, but they're, I mean, they're very much an advocacy group as far as access to public land. Um, what we're doing is, is different, you know, and we're, we're wanting to have these experiences that are a little bit more tangible for anybody to, you know, to be present. Um, and we're doing everything that we can, you know, from again, happy hours in urban areas, uh, with biologists and game wardens and things like that to, to multi-day trips that people can digest. I mean, we, we want to make sure that people will feel safe, feel, mm -hmm. feel, feel comfortable and they want to experience the outdoors. But I mean, other than them, I, I mean, I can't, I mean, think about, I mean, I can't really imagine anybody else doing what we're doing. Um, I know Oklahoma has reached out to us okay. and Arkansas has reached out to us. Well, they're about, neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> so, they see what we're doing. I mean, they're looking and, over the fence. I mean, I mean, be perfectly clear. I mean, stewards is a grassroots right. program. I mean, the foundation didn't did not say we're going to spend millions of dollars to to start this. I mean, that's not what the foundation exists for. The foundation exists to raise funny money to help support, you know, Texas Parks Walk Department. So they agreed to, you know, umbrella stewards of the wild and stewards mm -hmm. of the wild in its growth has been all grassroots it's been led by volunteers i mean it's been and it, it's pretty inspiring yeah you know so i th i mean i i think we have a model that's 
reproducible if anybody else was interested if any other state was interested and in, in, you hear that california <laughs> yeah I, I was like, <laughs> call them up now we get this podcast out there quickly for <laughs> well leave it to texas to come up with something really grassroots that makes a difference <laughs> yeah. right i uh, think it's awesome yeah there's, no, it's fun. there is so much out there that needs help and support and one of the things that i think is so amazing is just something that all kinds of organizations that we talk to are doing. They're trying to raise the level of awareness. Mm -hmm. yeah. Find a and program engagement. that gets mm -hmm. more people engaged in being outdoors, understanding what the opportunities are, and getting involved. Yeah. Because just like you said, you don't want to save anything that you don't know anything about. Well, yeah, I mean, in public lands and in the outdoors is a finite resource, right? So if right. we don't, if we don't focus on protecting those finite resources. You know, who knows what will happen? It's know. easy to say, yeah, well, you know, we pay our taxes with the state government can take care uh, of that. I, I can't stand that phrase. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, not even, not even here, but when I was when I was working in Florida, I would hear it all the time. Like, I pay my taxes. I have, I deserve access to it's We're all in charge of yeah. taking care of everything. Yeah, exactly. Especially nature. Yeah. These events that you that you run, these hiking events, camping events, and things like that, um, are they just for that kind of young professional age bracket, or can they bring their kids along and whatnot? Um, we try to be as family friendly, uh -huh. uh, and I think as more uh, of those people who started those chapters start taking over the helm of the chapters, they you know they start having families, and so right. they start programming in that fashion to be a little more family oriented. And so we do have events. Um, I, I can't think of any event that's not family friendly. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that families are invited. A lot of these people want to just have some time away from their kids, right? So they, <laughs> send them to the grandparents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send them to the grandparents. We're gonna go to the happy hour. Send them to the grandparents. We're gonna have a barbecue, you uh -huh. know, or we're gonna go out, uh, spend the weekend going hunting, um, mm -hmm. you know, just overnight hunting. And so we do see a lot of families um, at various events. There's hiking events that the, you know kids can come to. I mean, I often bring my wife and my two year old with us to mm -hmm. on trips that I feel that they're they're good on. Um, Okay, can I stir the pot? Oh, yeah. Men and women, same amount of men as women, or pretty is everyone close. welcome? Yeah, everyone's welcome. It's pretty close. I mean, I haven't crunched the numbers recently, but it's probably like 55, 45 men and women. Okay. I mean, and even in our leadership and our co-chair roles, um, you know, we're seeing almost half and half of, of leading the chapters of men Excellent. and women. Excellent. Yeah. Good to hear. Yeah. If I called you and said, I want to start a Stewards of the Wild chapter, yeah. what do you do? So how it works is I would, I would usually come and meet with you, uh -huh. um, you know, and have dinner. Check. And, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. If you had dinner, it might be a virtual dinner, okay, right now? Yeah, oh, yeah of course. He's here now. Yeah. But, um, At the end of a very long table, I might add. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, like I would say, hey, look, um, you know, you're in this community. Let me see if I know anybody else. Or let me talk to our, our friends and put a message out there to what we have established and say, okay, look, we want to go into, um, you know, you know, we, we are every chapter in Midland, but, you know, even in Round Rock, right? We'll say, okay, you know, we have the Austin chapter, but we think we have enough people in Round Rock that could be part of the Austin chapter. Let's, let's talk about that, you know? So, or Waco or Temple or wherever. Mm -hmm. So I would go and meet with you guys. And then I'd say, okay, if you guys are really interested, I'd give you the, the I'd give you the elevator pitch. I'd give you the spiel. I'd give you the mission. I'd sell you the program. And you guys, I would say, can you go out and get me, can each of you who are sitting at this table go out and get me 10 more people who would be interested in this? And you say, yeah, sure. So I said, okay, let's, let's meet back in three months with a bigger kind of dinner and with all those people a little bit of a kickoff yeah and uh -huh. so i so i come back and i said okay now we got 60 people can you all go out there and 
let's now let's throw a real big party. Yeah. Now let's let's get a band that come in or let's have a big dinner or have a have a silent auction or whatever. And then we would expect probably about 100 to 200 people at that major event where everybody signs up for membership. And that's how a chapter gets started. And then I, my my job, almost my sole job for the foundation is handling the back end of a lot of their their stuff, right? Because they're volunteers, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to burden them with a whole bunch of things. So we handle their right. member. I mean, the foundation handles their membership rosters and we handle their finances and we handle their social media if they want to. And we handle their emails and things like that. And so what happens once the chapter gets going, they'll come up, come to us and say, hey, we want to do this event. What are your recommendations? Or who do you think we should have? Or that kind of stuff. So we say, so then hey. you're a party planner. Yeah. So wow, I mean, he's got a lot of hats. I mean, right now, <laughs> I mean, during the summer, we slowed down because kids are out of school. Um, so they're all, you know, and it's hot. Right. But right. once September rolls around, I mean, it's I mean, it's <laughs> it, I mean, I'm traveling all over the state to host events and help help them plan events and help them coordinate events and, you know, using my credit card to buy the the band and to buy, you know, the event venue and all that kind of stuff. So and to plan uh, a hiking and we're exactly. going to go to this whatever event it is, yeah. whether it's a, a go swimming at Bama Ray or yeah. let's go learn to fly fish or yeah. let's go canoeing or and they, and whatever they, yeah, they do. They will say, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Do you have any recommendations? And so then I'll go through my list of connections and say, hey, look, I've got somebody out that can do fly fishing. I mean, that's what we do out in West Texas, right? We'll do multi-chapter trips out to West Texas. And it's like, we want to go kayaking. We want to go fishing. We want to go mountain biking. Who do we, who do you recommend doing? And so we, you know, I kind of pull those guys and say, hey, look, I got the stewards coming out. I need 10 bikes. I need five kayaks. I need. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. So you put it all together. You, I say, that's kind of like no, you, yeah. Clint, when I say, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we started a podcast? Oh, podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, let that me know. Phrase let me know me how trouble. that works for you. So, uh, but not to discredit, I mean, I, I toot my horn a little bit, but I mean, the real boots on the ground are those co-chairs. Because the they're making it happen yeah, and talking I mean, to people, getting it yeah, coordinated. Exactly. But somebody has to get their arms around and plan the party. Yeah, I mean, I help a little so, bit, but they, I mean, really, they are, like, I couldn't do without them. I mean, they're, yeah. they're the best. So. They're the, they, I get it. Yeah. I get it. In yeah. all of the places that you have a chapter, mm-hmm. what's kind of your average size group right now? I, I, I would still, I mean, it's just, to me, this is still a very young kind yeah. of organization oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and growing. So what's kind of the average size right now? Um you know, like College Station's smaller because it's College Station. It's there's less you know, target audience there. Uh, Is it, smaller it, like ten? No, they have about thirty. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not numbers. that yeah. small. That's a nice group. Um, but our and most of our major cities, we I would expect to have about a hundred to hundred and twenty. So San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth, Midland, um, even I mean Tyler right now. Houston, they all have, they were all at about a hundred. We average about a hundred members probably. You know, every year. Okay. Well worth it to donate to conservation and be able to participate in nice, cool outdoor events. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean, yeah. I guess I, I, I love it and I love the idea and I love supporting it. Um, I mean, it, I think it's, it's I a think fun it's, deal. It's, you know? It sounds very uniquely Texan. <laughs> Let's get out there and make something happen. Yeah. And that's really what you did. Well, I mean, and too, I mean, you, you know, talking about making it more universal across the, the country. I mean, just a hike, right? I mean, people feel com- more comfortable if they knew they had somebody to that, go hike with. Right. And they knew right. where right. to go yeah. and they knew how long it was going to be. And 
Yeah. So I mean, and that's what it. we try and do is like, I, you know, I try to visit as many state parks as I can and as many outdoor spaces as I can, because I want to make those recommendations to say, hey, look, if you're going to go out to Big Bend or, you know, the coast or whatever, you should check out this place. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, you can go on this hike or you can use this guide or you can do these things. And here's what you can expect, you know, financially, time commitment wise. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of research and development that goes into it, but I don't, I don't mind, uh, doing research and development in the outdoors. So. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's your background. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes you a great engagement manager. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So how many parks are there in Texas? I think right now we're officially at 89. 89 yeah. state parks. There was a little, we, uh, we, they were reduced a little bit because, uh, during that last vote, um, some of the historic sites, some of the parks were converted to historic sites, but I think we're at 89 official state parks. Are you noticing young adults wanting to get out there more? I wouldn't say I've seen an increase in that. I mean, like mm-hmm. I just it's always been there. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think there's always been an interest in the, in the outdoors. I, I mean, I think what we're seeing, at least from, I'm going to speak more anecdotally at this point okay. and, and, you know, but you know, I've been out of college 10, well, it's seven years at this point, but mm-hmm. we're starting to see a point where I have discretionary income and more discretionary time and, you know, having that opportunity. And I have a family now, right? I have more opportunity to get outside. I'm not I'm not on the grindstone working my job to, to prove who I am, you know, to, to be there, right? Yeah. You know, my my debts are being my student loan debts are going down and I have more time, more more financial resources. So uh-huh. it's like, OK, how can I spend that? Where do I want to spend that? And I think people want to spend it outdoors. I mean, I always like to look at my family. Right. And, you know, my my grandparents were the you know, the, the baby boomer generation. And, you know, they worked really hard to have that American dream concept. And then I look at like my mom's generation who I think saw that and said, OK, I'm going to work really hard but didn't necessarily see the same gains as the baby boomer generation as far as discretionary time, discretionary income. So then I grew up seeing, okay, she, my mom worked really hard, but didn't necessarily have that same jump in you know, quality of life. So I want to focus on my quality of life. Mm-hmm. And and not work so hard at my job, right? But but you know what I mean. Like I, I, I want to spend I want to spend more time focusing on those auxiliary things in my life and and have those things now than wait until I'm seventy. Right. You know? and I, I, wanna... I think that's very common. We're certainly seeing that here, and I think what we're seeing is recently i would say the last six months and certainly since the virus has come around we have seen people in your generation your age bracket with a small family and they're trying to figure out how to do that the rv was always grandpa's Mm -hmm. rv it's what you did when you retired and they didn't want to be a part of that but we're seeing them now say all right there's some cool stuff out there. I could do this. And that's something Matt and I were talking about. Yeah. We're, yeah. We weren't supposed to be talking before recording, but we we're talking <laughs> but about you always yeah. do. options yeah. are different. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, options I mean, are different. that's how we got, pl- that's how I got plugged in here was that um, I'm, I'm very interested in the Texas outdoor line because in, you know, in, in similar products, right? Because it's somewhere between tent camping and the RV experience. I'm not set. I don't, I'm not really interested in the RV experience. I don't want right. to pull up into an RV right. camp. I want to be at a campsite. Right. I want to be at maybe off the grid mm-hmm. and I want to be able to pull it with the car I have right now. I don't want to have to I don't want to have to buy a brand new seventy thousand dollar truck and then the hundred thousand dollar RV to be pulled by it. I want something that my Explorer, you know, can pull behind it. But I also don't want to 
be so far removed from the outdoors, right? Where I can have the TV and have all the things in inside of like a, a motor coach, right? So the, the text outdoor and the similar products to that, like I really fell in love with those because it's like, it's not quite camping, but uh, to your point, you know, you can pull it up, you can unlock it, you can pop it up and then you're good to go. And like you can start enjoying the outdoors yeah, and you know that you have a safe environment, you know that you have a kitchen, you have an air conditioning, air conditioning being key. Air <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's literally, literally what every single person says when they yeah. come in here all of that mm -hmm. like i i think i'm ready to do this but i actually still want to actually camp also i don't want to buy another vehicle and you know i know rv sales for everyone are going crazy but we specialize in like smaller things yeah. and so that's what we hear so often yeah. and and that's a classic demographic description yeah I mean, and that, like I said, I, similarly too, I mean, we're, I think we, again, have the first time discretionary time and discretionary income to explore these options. Right. right. And we talked about, especially during what we're experiencing right now, people aren't flying, people aren't, you know, going on cruises. They still want to, I mean, their kids have been home now for six months. <laughs> and going you know, crazy. Going crazy. So <laughs> think about the options. The kids or the parents. Mm, yeah, think yes. about options they can do and, you know, not wanting to invest a lot of money into a, a, a big RV or motor coach and not, I mean, yeah. I know I'm not comfortable necessarily pulling one of those things. Right. But to have something that's, you know, 19, 20 feet that I can, you know, it's and ready side, to go and ready to go. Right. Like that's, right. that's something that's really interesting to, to me. And I think, again, I'm speaking anecdotally, but I think a lot of people in my demographic would, would respect that. Yeah. Nice. That really can't hurt when it comes to recruiting and, and encouraging your demographic to get involved and understand what being outdoors is all about. Yep. That mentality will work really well with some of the new products that are coming out. The the friends of what it, I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> Stewards. Stewards. <of> <laughs> oh, I can't. Um, this time period, I think when again when we're seeing people say, "I want to spend more time outside," we're seeing so many brands come online that are like, "We are the we're going to make." this product and we're going to make it the best that we can right whether it be a camping chair or a stove or you know whatever and the foundation has a lot of brand partners that are doing just that right they're making their mark and whatever it is that they're doing and then there you know there's groups like uh um, the tejas collaborative which again it's all local like austin houston dallas businesses like chama chairs i mean they're they're a hunting camping chair um you know just just groups like that that are making the best they're only making one product Right. And they're doing a damn good job at making that one mm -hmm. product, you know. And um, I mean, again, that's something that was appealing to me with, with Tax Outdoor. It's like they have three products. And, and you it, have to wait till December to get any of them, yeah. <laughs> by yeah. the way. Yeah. If you really do want that, you need to put your order in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's someone who specializes yeah. and, and does, a, like you said, a really good job mm -hmm. at it. And, you know, historically, that really is kind of a new line of thought for the RV industry. Because I will say 10 years ago, um, make all the things that wasn't out there. It was all yeah. make it affordable, yeah. you know, make it do all the things, but it needs to be super affordable and easy access and sold by volume. Right. I think that's totally changed. The mm -hmm. Internet has changed that. Yeah. The the generation uh, change has changed that. And so now we have lots of products out there that are really well built they're not the cheapest thing on the market yeah they kind they of start off do, as boutique yeah, yeah and but they don't do all the things they do 
the basic things. Or they do their thing really well. Whatever their thing is, mm -hmm. and they they can get you anywhere you want to go, and uh, they're an investment. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different concept for the RV world, but I think they're getting the hang of it, mm-hmm. and it's really been fun for us to right. kind of play in that arena. And we get people like you who say, "I don't know anything about RVs. Yeah. This is not my wheelhouse." But wow, I need something cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't know. I mean, I could, but I wouldn't. Like, I love fishing, and I love hunting, and I love mountain biking, and I love drinking cold beer and whiskey, and that's what I, I wanted to do. Right? I want to take. I want to go to these places. I want to be comfortable. I want to take my family. I want people to have a you know safe place to be, so I can fish and so that I can hunt and so that I can drink <laughs> beer. You know, I mean, I want to I want to have this good outdoor. That's experience. a true Texan. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure you're not a Texan, or you're a Texan now? No, you're no, I'm, a, I'm a Texan. You are original. Yeah. Are you born and well, raised here? I was born in Boston. Uh-huh. Okay, but I was I was I was raised. Uh, I, I mean, I grew up farming and ranching in Texas. I'm I'm gonna take a lot of. Uh, a lot of cred there for that one, but yeah, That's I mean, I, okay. I'm a I'm where a, where in Texas? San, I grew up in San Antonio, and okay. we ranched uh, in Pearsall, about an hour mm-hmm. south. Yeah, so okay, um, it was just a happenstance. I mean, I'm a sixth generation rancher, so you just happened mm-hmm. to be in Boston when you arrived. Well, I didn't. My mom did. Ah. <laughs> and I just so happened to be with her. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> they wouldn't let me be born yeah. without her. <laughs> well, I was born in New Jersey. Yeah. Where my mom happened to be. We don't talk about that, though. Yeah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> I grew up in the in the suburbs of Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's character, right? I can say I'm from Boston. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I grew up it here. Um, Boston's cool. New Jersey isn't, okay? <laughs> I've, I've actually never been back to Boston. I, uh, you know, the Northeast is not. We went to. I went to New York for the first time two years ago, I think. Um, that was uh, intense. It was intense, right? <laughs> that was intense. But it's not Texas, yeah, is it? No, it's not. But um, yeah, like I said, I grew up here and then traveled internationally um, a bit and then worked in Washington, worked in South Carolina, worked in Florida. So I traveled you know, the country for about 10 years. And then when we, you know, I was with my wife and we were, decided to have a child and it's like, let's go back to Texas instead mm-hmm. of Miami. Is she from, is she from Texas? Uh, my wife's Hungarian. Oh, she's not from Texas. No. She's not. <laughs> yeah, or Boston. Yeah, she's not from these parts. No, not at all. So, cool. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet she uh, enjoys Texas too. Yeah, it's really been kind of a cool transition to watch her grow into like loving Texas. I mean, she'll crank up Texas country music, sing Robert O'Keefe songs. Uh, oh, yeah. with an accent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, with very nice, cool. Thick accent. Um, and <laughs> well, kind of balance out Robert O'Keefe's accent, yeah. right? Um, and so she, yeah, and you know, even even hunting, like that wasn't something that she was like really fond of. And mm-hmm. we came back, I was like, I'm gonna have to hunt because like that's gonna be what my job is, you know, part of my job. And first time I brought back some dove, and she, I cooked it up for her. She's like, Oh, you go hunt. Yeah. <laughs> you, go, <laughs> you go hunt whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even right now, like we, I mean, this is kind of a cool thing, part of this narrative too. I mean, you know, a lot of these first time hunters were calling me and texting me over the past couple months. They're like, I'm so glad we have meat in our freezer. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? yeah. And my wife's like, when are you going to go back out so we can get some more meat? Mm-hmm. Like, when season opens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, because I don't think that's going to shut down. <laughs> no. But you yeah, can I mean, socially she, distance very well out there. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can be by yourself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, you know, with her and with a lot of people too, right? To, to watch them grow into loving 
the state as much as the people who grew up here you know it, yeah. it's really cool to like the love the river and and to love the hill country and to love west texas i mean i honestly i never went to west texas until i started this job it's beautiful wow. out there and you yeah. don't expect it to be beautiful out there yeah well yes. so i grew up going to new mexico a lot uh-huh. right I grew up, we, go, we went camping tent camping in new mexico Rio. Yeah. so every summer we drive out to fort stockton and then head north right yeah. so in my mind west texas with fort stockton Right. No one from Fort Stockton is listening, but like, it, there's not a whole lot going on. Well, in Fort, Stockton. Fort Stockton is, yeah. I mean, I so sunrises, sunsets, yeah. and stars. You know, you've got some cool <laughs> but, stuff out there. But you are close to Balmeray and yes. some of the most mm-hmm. beautiful state parks yep. you know, right. um, that we have. So there are those resources. But growing up, we you know we hit Fort Stockton, we'd head north, and I, I was never really enthralled by what I thought was West Texas. And mm-hmm. then, so when we came back, uh, my daughter was born in late October. My birthday was in early November. I went on this trip to West Texas on my birthday. I was like, oh, great. I'm going to have to go out to West Texas on my birthday. My daughter's two weeks old. Like, this is not really what I want to do. I went across the Pecos, you know, right there off of 90. Mm-hmm. I had to pull the car off. And I was like, I have to take this in for a second. Aww. Yeah. And then you get out to Elephant Mountain in West Texas. And you're just like, this is what? I mean, how how have right. I not You seen can this? have a moment out in West Texas. Yeah. But you don't. One, you have millions of but moments. You won't expect, <laughs> yeah, but you won't, you won't yeah. expect any of them. Mm-hmm. They will just occur and you're like hold on let yeah. me pause yeah yeah i mean it, it is it is breathtaking and i mean you know to to have those opportunities and have those resources in our state i mean mm-hmm. it's 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 amazing um you know the national park is beautiful the state park is in my opinion equally beautiful um yeah. you know it's just it's so nice to go out there and 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 be off the grid and be away from everything and you know you usually don't have cell phone reception so to really kind of take take part of that and that's one thing too we're great with the stewards right is you get this whole group that's out there experiencing this together i mean we you know i stayed uh, we stayed at the sprawl ranch in um fort davis this past year mm-hmm. and it felt like i was on the yellowstone tv show i mean like you know, the fog was coming up over the hills uh-huh. yeah they had my cup of yeah. coffee on the porch like man this is like that's you know, why the mcdonald great. observatory is out <laughs> there yes exactly really close so yeah it's a uh, it's amazing what's out there and um i forgot what i was gonna say so <laughs> Somebody jump in. <laughs> I, I'm staring at my coffee, just really wishing I could get there. But I think you're still having your Monday. I'm thinking I wish I was in West Texas. Yeah. I mean, just, I don't know. It's just amazing. Um, we don't get out there enough. There's so many things to see. We talk about all these great places in Texas so much. Sometimes I'm like, well, our audience is everywhere. We shouldn't really be so texas focused but there is so much here to talk about i just i there's well, I mean, so much you here. know i mean everybody should see big bend mm-hmm. in the everybody. same way that they should see the everglades in the same way they should see the cascades and rain rainier and mm-hmm. i mean all that stuff. i mean there's you know our national parks are just such amazing places you know, but even in big bend i mean there's what four different terrains in big bend it depends on how many days you get to be there and where you can go, whether you do the desert part or the top of the mountain camping or whether you go to the hot springs or, I mean. Don't tell people about the hot springs. Don't tell people about the hot springs. There is no hot springs in Big Ben. But yeah, I mean, it's a... Yeah, no, but like I said, I think it's just such a nice resource. I mean, it's a nice resource for us to have. I mean, but it's still, it's a stretch, right? I mean, it's eight hours from here, eight, nine hours from here. It's a project. Yeah. For sure. Well, any place in Texas is a project, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Any place. We're right smack dab in the middle, which is a good thing and a bad thing. 
But we, I mean, we, I mean, we have a lot of state parks in the hill yep. country. I mean, we just went to LBJ State Park this past weekend mm-hmm. to go check that out. I mean, everyone oh. was closed, but we got to see the property and got to see the facilities. Um, you know, that, I mean, and again, spectacular opportunity for people. I mean, really close to Austin. You know, yep. forty-five minutes. Yep, yep, an yep. Hour. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I want to be an engagement. I just can't get over it. I want to be an engagement manager well, and go visit right parks. <laughs> well, I'll I'll work for free. Somebody just send me out to tour the parks and and tell people where to hike. I'll I'll go sample them out <laughs> so I can tell, tell people, people where to hike. Well, see, you got go take a hike. Go take a hike over there. <laughs> go hike over there. <laughs> I saw y'all do uh, one of the tiny. Texas Tiny yes. Trailer Rally. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Just start helping coordinate those and take them all over the place. Lindsay right here runs the that, Texas Tiny rallies. Trailer that Rally. Hard. <laughs> that's your rallies. That is, it is so much fun, but we miss it. We uh, had to uh, renege mm-hmm. yeah. on yeah. our, we have a Texas Tiny Trailer Rally and a Texas Truck Camper Rally. And we uh, we hope we get to do that in October. We had to move we on. We have dates. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, it's that is the that's such a the disappointment, right? Is you have these dates, you had to cancel them, and it's like, hey, we're gonna put new dates, and then it's like, oh, well, well, maybe not those dates. dates. Yeah. Wait, well, it, you should find a cricket and come join us. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're, they're, they're really good. Hey, yeah. Would you do that? You can invite the San Antonio chapter to rent an RV all, and come join us. We'll be in uh, Bandera. Bandera. Okay. Mm-hmm. They might be interested in that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so probably, what I mean, what all re, I mean, y'all sell RVs when y'all also rent them here. Too. We sell yes. them, we rent them, we and we host rallies. Okay, cool. And um, also do a podcast. I've heard. <laughs> I don't know uh, why, but we're here. We don't know why either, but we have a lot of fun and we get to talk to cool people. It's true. <laughs> people come and see us. So it's awesome. We keep inviting them. Yeah. Thank That's you. What, yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. I was just gonna say thank you for taking time out to come see us. Of course, it's my pleasure. Glad how, to be here. How do people when they hear this? Hopefully, they'll want to see more, hear more. Where, where do they look? Uh, you can look on our website. It's uh, tpwf.org. Okay, you uh, have slow to down. say that Sorry. way slower. Tpwf.org uh, front slash s o t w front slash and. Um, that's where you can get our, our, our kind of our boilerplate information. But if you really want to see kind of like the character and the attitude of, of Stewards of the Wild, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, Stewards, Stewards of the Wild TX. So Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation yep. is TP, where they can yep. get started. TPWF.org. And you can check out some of the, all the other cool things that we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, You're going to have to learn to talk slower. If you want to convince me you grew up on a ranch in San Antonio. <laughs> He's traveled. That is, yeah, traveled. That, gone is, places. that is not Texas. I just, He's well, from Boston. Time is money. You gotta keep talking. Get it, get it out there really fast. Yeah. But yeah, we're all from Texas. We yeah. talk really slow. <laughs> so here, here's, a, here's another thing. I mean, this is going to this is going to go out all over the place. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone from elsewhere, another state, says I, that sounds cool, and it really needs to be something that that gets going in my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Can they reach out to you and, and pick your brain a little? Yeah, I'm happy to to do the brain picking. Uh, we haven't. The foundation really hasn't figured out what that model looks like beyond Texas. Um, uh-huh. You know, because we're we're a nonprofit associated with the state of Texas, right? right? So we can't. We probably couldn't umbrella stewards of the wild someplace else. So it right. would be somebody else coordinating Starting that. Something. But yeah, you know, if they wanted consulting, I could probably con- con- consult for them. Um, mm-hmm. The foundation would probably love to have, you know, some some, some sister chapter, <laughs> yeah. sister organizations. Exactly. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, I think stewards of the wild has a, a good messaging for the entire country personally. 
Um, and, you know, if I could help consult on those, uh, you know, those startups, I'd be happy to do so. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well, Matt, it has been really cool having you. I'm glad that we somehow got connected. You yeah. contacted Steve in our sales office. He said, like you do a, mistake. yeah, you yeah. do a, you're involved in a neat thing. And he told me about it and we had this opportunity and we, we jumped on it. Thank you so yeah, much for jumping on that. And well, I mean, in. yeah, I mean with us and then you really check out, go to our, go to the foundation and see some of our brand partners uh -huh. and then and then again the, the um, Tejas Collaborative they're not an official brand partner but we do work with a lot of them I recommend checking them out too I mean I think those guys would match up a lot with what y'all are trying to do because they have like a little I'm not going to say knickknacks that's not appropriate I mean but like Turtle Box who makes an outdoor speaker mm -hmm. and you know and, and fly fishing rods and things like that that would be great partners you know for us and for you guys I mean they do all kinds of outdoor stuff and like we talked about they do their stuff the best cool you know, like they really work hard to make the best product awesome. i'm going to be checking them out for yeah. sure you lost me for the afternoon pj i'm i'm doing <laughs> you're checking out your turtle box uh, yeah i'm mm -hmm. doing networky things okay all right well <laughs> nice seeing you <laughs> thanks a lot oh, engagement sorry. manager hey, that's my job i'm engaging <laughs> clint is so engaged right now success <laughs>